Hey, and welcome to this week's show, which is all about how you are in relationship is how you'll run your team. Now, this is going to be a very important conversation, especially if you want to build your business so it can run without you. So you can have time off to do the things that you love with the people that you love. When you have a business that runs without you, your business is a very smooth running business. So whether you're working or not, it's stress-free because you get your systems in place and the right people in place. And you can't build a business that runs without you without understanding human behavior, without understanding human psychology, yours and your team's. So let's get into this episode. As I said, who you are in relationship is how you'll run your team, meaning your strengths and weaknesses in your abilities to build relationships with people, effective relationships, quality relationships, or maybe you're not highly skilled in building relationships. Maybe you're arrogant. Maybe you play games with people. You've got to be better than them. Or you've got low self-worth, so you sort of look up at people. Maybe you're scared to be straight with people because you don't like conflict. Maybe you're a micromanager because you deeply don't trust people. All these ways that you relate will impact your ability to build a really high-quality, high-performing team. Now, there's an old saying, a fish rots from the head down. So what we know is certainly once you've got your recruitment systems in place, and most of you won't have, you won't be using really good recruitment systems, and I suggest you come and have a chat to us because we specialize in helping our clients attract and recruit high performers. High performers have a certain set of value structures. They're high on the value of conscientiousness, meaning they're highly responsible, meaning they really care. They feel uncomfortable. They feel horrible if they don't perform to their own internal high standards. So this is their intrinsic value structure. So high performers are the only people you want on your team because as a business owner, when you have high performers who are high in conscientiousness, you're working with people that have the same value structures as you. And when you're working with people that have the same value structures as you, you don't have to be the demanding boss. You don't have lots of stress because people aren't doing what they, you want them to do. You don't have to play that game of trying to get your team to I take on your value structures, okay, which is a, a, a fool's game because you can't change a person's value structures. So again, when you don't know how to recruit effectively or properly, you won't have a process in place in that recruitment system to elicit a person's value structures. That's why most business owners end up with staff that aren't performing particularly well. So I'm just going to imagine for a moment you've got really good recruitment systems in place and you've got really good people on your team. And again, the way we do that, if you're working with us, is that we are helping you to identify your recruits 
internal value structures and we're using evidence-based um, uh, checking to make sure that who they say they are on the level of their values is who they are on the level of their values. Then we use psychometric profiling to map people to the role. So as an example, as you know, some people are highly detailed, really organized, great planners. Well, there might be another type of person who is hopeless at that, but they love communicating, speaking, building relationships. So you've got to map the personality style to the role through good psychometric profiling. Once you've done that and you've got uh, staff with really good value structures, those high performing uh, value structures, high in conscientiousness, you've got no problems. You've got a super team and then you'll become the problem. This means you've got to wake up to yourself. You've got to understand who you are on the level of relationship. What do you bring to relationships? What games do you play in relationships? Because if you don't clean your act up, you won't lead effectively. I'll say something else here. I said before that who you are in relationships is how you'll lead. I can also say that if you've had any trauma in relationships, which we'll talk about in a second, that will impact how you are as a leader to a really, really impactful level from the negative perspective. So when I say how you are in relationship, uh, are you a person who has constant drama in your relationships? Do you fall out with people easily? Can you listen to others or, or do you always have to be right? Do you take the back seat and become the passive rider? Or are you the dominant demanding one, taking control all the time? So when you start to analyze your own behaviors in relationship, that's an introspective process where you're starting to see, well, where am I functional? Where am I a bit dysfunctional in how I relate? And to do this work, you need to have uh, kind of a lack of ident identification with your ego because you've got to be truthful about yourself. You've got to own things that you might not like owning. Even if you look at the four profiles, psychometric profiles, and uh, we use one to really measure entrepreneurial uh, personality styles, and you can go and do it yourself. You can get it from the front page of my website. There's a little pop-up when you leave it saying, hey, don't leave go and do our profile, entrepreneurial profile, or just go to businessdnaindicator.com. Business, that's www.businessdnaindicator.com, and it will start to show you your profile. Even within the four psychometric profiles, there are strengths and weaknesses when it comes to relating. So on one of our profiles, it's a trailblazer. I have a huge element of trailblazer in me. The functional aspect of the trailblazer is they're courageous, they're okay with conflict, meaning they understand that conflict is required to create change. And for those of you that have issues with conflict, <laughs> conflict is actually not a negative word. Conflict is required to stir up different belief systems, to bring about change, to stand up for what's right. Uh, so trailblazers, uh, as I said, 
they don't mind conflict, they're courageous, they tend to be pioneering in nature. That's the functional element of them. The dysfunctional element of them is that they think they're right. And they uh, can sometimes enjoy conflict too much, meaning that they get a hit from conflict. It helps them feel powerful. One of the ways that dysfunctional trailblazers will uh, deal with their um, own inner sense of stress is they will engage in conflict with others and tend to be angry in the way that they communicate. Um, and they engage a bit of robust back and forth and there's a feel-good aspect for a dysfunctional trailblazer. Now, each of the four quadrants, and I'll, I'll bring another one in a second, the opposite, all have their functional and dysfunctional sides. So as an example for me, as I said, I'm a trailblazer with motivator and I spent probably the last 25 years ensuring that I'm not moving dysfunctionally as a trailblazer because whatever you naturally are you'll tend to be and it takes the ability to observe oneself and start to take control of oneself to move past the dysfunctional aspects of your particular personality style. And I can tell you right now that it is easily and deeply possible to move away from the dysfunctional elements of your uh, personality style, style. Just take some work and awareness. So an, another personality style is, is the evaluator. Now the evaluator, again, their strengths are incredible attention to detail, amazing planners, very, they think things through, they don't don't access gut feelings, so sometimes they're slow in decision-making processes because they're more of a thinking style than a feeling style. But sticking to the topic of, of leadership, uh, the evaluator doesn't like conflict. In fact, conflict makes them feel all horrible inside. So you can see if you are a evaluator, business owner, and you're being a, a dysfunctional in the evaluator style, you will let people away with things. You won't hold them to high standards because of your fear of conflict and feeling uncomfortable in conflict, your fear of not being liked. Where the trailblazer is the opposite. They'll tend to enter, if they're dysfunctional, conflict too easily. So getting clear is really really important and it'll really help you if you go into the uh, uh, www.businessdnaindicator.com you'll get a real sense of what your weaknesses are from a leadership perspective because that uh, is a system that i put together to help entrepreneurs understand their strengths and weaknesses as entrepreneurs as well as being leaders so a quick couple of stories to really lock this down. This is, these are client stories, clients that we have worked with. Before we get to, to those stories, let me just share a key principle. One of my staff, Paula, who I've worked with for many, many years, uh, I love it a bit. Um, she said to me, around six weeks ago. She'd been off doing 
some contract work with another business owner. And she said to me, and I suppose this came in juxtaposition with working with this other business owner. She goes, she gets on the phone to me about some challenge we were having. She said, you know, Perry, I really notice that you give power away to your team. You give power away to me. I said, yeah, of course I do. Uh, I, I want to give power away because if I give power away to you and I give power away to my other team members, then you'll take care of that area I've empowered you to be in power around. Now, what does that mean? It means that I don't have to think about that area. I, don't, I trust my team to do the right thing. So, well, first of all, that has every day or day-to-day -day, um, benefits. The first one is, well, I don't have to worry about that and I don't have to worry about that and I don't have to worry about that. Therefore, I just concentrate on what I need to do and they're concentrating on what they need to do so we can go build businesses easily without stress. And another way of putting that is because they're looking after that and that person's looking after that, this computer hard drive has been defragged. <laughs> this is, my consciousness is defragged. It only has to deal with these small, narrow number of things. And I can tell you it's enough, right? That small, narrow number of things is enough. And I can only do that because I'm trusting my team to do what they need to do. The long-term benefits of that is you can leave your business for months at a time, knowing that things are going to be done properly. She said this in juxtaposition to the person that she had been working with who micromanaged her. And she would make a decision and this particular business owner would decide that his decision was always the superior decision. Always had to be the superior decision. This particular business owner is going to struggle with something. They're going to struggle with empowering their key people to make decisions for them so they don't have to. Which means that they will always be required in their business. Now this particular business person is probably thinking things like, well, I can do it better than them. No, I'm, I'm better than them. And guess what? Maybe I am better than some of my staff at certain things. I'm actually not. And I know that. I do my best to surround myself with staff and team that are better than me. But in some areas, I have to say, oh, I'm thinking of a couple of people now or with, with a couple of tasks. I'm going to be better at that than them. But regardless, they're still capable of doing it. Maybe if I was making that decision, it might be slightly different. But what do you want? Do you want total control in every decision in your business? Or do you want to empower people, give power to people so that they can make decisions so you don't have to? Because that's where you've got to get if you want less stress in your business and you want 
freedom from your business. Now, really important to say, because these are kind of loose words at this point, that giving power to, well, yes, you give power to because you've chosen the person properly. And you give power to because you do your best to educate and train that person. And you give them scope about what they're allowed to make decisions around or not. So as an example, my staff in some areas of my business can make a decision up to about two grand and in, in, in spendings, as an example. If it's going above that, they might want to come and talk to me about spending that. Okay, so your scope, that they have, your, your, anyone that you're empowering, giving the power to, has to be educated, trained, be the right fit for that and put in. Um, and, and given scope about what they're allowed to make choices around or, or not. But in reality, if you're wanting to free yourself from your business, or you're wanting to run a smooth running business that relies on a team that ultimately can make all sorts of decisions on your behalf so you don't have to. It's also important to say, decisions are usually taken care of from a leadership perspective and then put down into manualized systems. So oftentimes, people aren't making lots of decisions anyway. But coming back to where we're going, you can see why you need to empower others. And so this particular business owner, because of their belief systems, no one can do it as well as me. Or I can't trust people to do it as well as me, will continually mean that they disempower their team and they become the mummy and the daddy to the little kids and then the little kids, when they need to do something, have to come to mummy and daddy. That's not a way of building your team. So I said before, just starting off, that who you are in relationship will come out in how you lead your team. So we'll dig into that a little bit more. But that particular person I'm talking about, that's how they are in relationship. They have to do everything. They can't trust others to do it. And if others are doing it, just even in their family environment, they're watching to see if they did it well enough. And when they've done it, they come in to fix up what that person's done. Sending that person unconscious signals, this isn't a family, it's still not good enough. They go into business, they do the same thing. On an unconscious level, this person has a need to be noticed, has a need to be valued. And... What will happen if you empower your team and make them powerful and you have that pattern, you'd feel real flat because suddenly you don't feel valuable. You don't feel valid. So unless you're aware of your patterns, you'll rush back into your business to be powerful and valid. Well done. You've just undermined your team. You've made your big noted yourself, but once again, you aren't building your business to run separately from you. This is just some examples of the types of patterns that people bring into their business. I remember years ago, uh, a salon owner in Perth, a super uh, achiever, superstar profile. In our profiling system, trailblazer motivator, loved the limelight, uh, worked with all the models, worked, did all the fashion shows. So they were a celebrity, worked with the movie stars when they were shooting movies over West in all the magazines. And they had a real high-end salon, beautiful place, but he was the star, his name was on it. 
and he asked me to build them out of the business. So in that, uh, when, when you're building someone out of the business as the star, you, you have to find a way of not just of extrapolating the star brand from the individual into the organization. So the staff have been trained by the star, right? You start to extrapolate away because you can't build it around the person. So we probably spent about three months getting the team up to scratch, uh, changing the branding, really starting to send these messages off the the, the salon person, this particular stylist who owned the salon, the superstar had to start communicating to his own clients, things like this. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be getting off the tools. I'm going to be working more on the business, but what I've got, I've just got this amazing person for you. Her name's Sally. Build the profile up. Talk about how amazing she is. Offer her a couple of free haircuts um, or a free haircut or whatever to check her out, but really build up the staff member's uh, profile. So these are the kind of things that we did in the handover process. But we got that person out of the business and within two weeks, they were going nuts and coming back into the business and they were making mountains out of molehills, uh, finding fault. And anyway, I took them aside. I already knew what the pattern was. I had worked with them around the pattern. I said, can you see that your desire to be noticed your desire to be huge to be big to be seen overrides good business sense and what you want to do from that part of you is come in here and undermine all the girls see fault in what they're doing because unconsciously you want to come back into the salon and be the star again which means you end up getting trapped and you end up earning less money which isn't what you really really want and this is how patterns work. Uh, another one that we've been, uh, a group that we've been working with uh, down in Sydney, the business owner, full bore trailblazer, full bore. In their own life, they've been betrayed by people. And this comes back to what I said before, any trauma, it'll impact how you run the team. Betrayed at a young age, right, let down. So this particular person decided that I can't trust anyone and I can't trust anyone to support me. So they became a real hard-driven, pioneering, trailblazer type, ready for a scrap at any time. And pretty gifted at what they do, I have to say. Very smart. A lot of trailblazers are very quick-thinking people. They're achievers, so they usually achieve lots. They've got gumption. So... This particular person's sort of ego was a bit wrapped up in that. Like, look how good I am, look what I've done. And they had done it. They have achieved heaps, right? <laughs> Can't take that away from them. But the problem was their egos wrapped up in it. As I said, pioneering type, ready for a scrap. Kind of arrogant. And when they get triggered in full ball trail, into full ball trailblazer mode, now what would trigger them? Just normal, busy business. If you uh, run a busy business and you're a trailblazer, you want everything done yesterday. You feel frustrated all the time because nothing's getting done fast enough. Nothing's ever done fast enough for a trailblazer. So that will build up. So in this particular person, 
you know, they might be having a few hassles at home and then this business is stressful and they've got this sort of frustration in their system. If you're a trailblazer, frustration is an emotion that you will meet regularly if you're a dysfunctional trailblazer. And so all of a sudden, there and there, they've set their team up and the team, in this particular business, we've just gone through a process now of really setting their leadership team up for this particular person. We've, we're in the process now where we're working through and developing the, what we call the general manager, the GM. And because of the size of the business, this GM's role is to work with the team so this business owner doesn't have to because they're not particularly good at it anyway, okay? Because they're full-bore trailblazers. So we chose someone that's not a trailblazer to manage the team. And this person that's gonna manage the team is slowly learning, is getting the information that they need to get to be a really good leader. And we're working really closely with this particular leader to, to put them into place. Also, through that leader, we're now starting to work with all the different team members, like finding out, because when you inherit like doing what we do where we go and build people out of their businesses. When we first start working with the owner, then we work with the leadership team. You're always inheriting uh, staff from the old culture. And usually we're going to have to clean that culture up because they haven't recruited the right people. So we're in that process now of evaluating the team members. So, of course, all this is slow for a trailblazer business owner. So all this is happening down in Sydney. They're going... <laughs> you'll see where this goes it's like so just because this trailblazer business owner is frustrated having a challenge at home all of a sudden they're in there with their bull at a gate attitude angry firing people which is the manager's job right the manager being put in place to decide who needs to go and it needs to be done properly <coughs> if you're going to let people go it's got to be done properly with respect to the culture ensuring that the staff members are there don't feel too scared and nervous when you're going through a transformation of a team it's got to be done carefully now my uh, head business coach who is an expert in building out teams manages that okay very au fait with when you do what as many of you know when you go to change a culture and if you lose four or five people in one go you got to be really careful with that because everyone gets nervous and scared on, on from the from their security values their safety values so you've got to manage that whole process it's got to do a lot with communication so in one foul swoop just because the trailblazer business owner who i said just by default loves drama when they're angry, they're just used to being brutes and boom, 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 comes in firing people. When we've been trying to establish the manager has the uh, the power base for the team. Now again, why would the surf the business owner? If there's a GM in there that runs the team, who's suited to that, who's making all the decisions about the team, that frees up the business owner to do what they need to do. To, to concentrate on their highest dollar productive activities. 
So in one fell swoop, how this person is in relationship in general, and how dysfunctional they are in relationship in general, in a moment of unconsciousness, or I should say several hours of unconsciousness, they've come in and undone good work. This is why we talk about the fish rots from the head down. Cultures get set up by business owners. So I'll probably leave you with this. Think about how you are in a relationship where you are functional, where you are dysfunctional. Look for patterns. Do you always have fallings out with people? Do you always have to be right? Are you scared to tell people the truth about your feelings? Do you keep things from people? Do you over-communicate? Are you arrogant? Are you bullish? Do you reject people easily? Are you judgmental? Ask yourself those questions and be truthful. And when you're being truthful, look at how that might undermine your ability as a business owner to lead your team. If there's one attribute of really successful entrepreneurs that I sort of want to highlight is they have incredible interpersonal skills. Now to have incredible interpersonal skills, you must be very aware of yourself. Those questions I gave you before start to help you become very aware of yourself. So they're very aware of themselves. They understand their strengths and weaknesses. They've taken the time to manage or take control or change the areas where they tend to be dysfunctional or, or, or the, the, the behaviours that might undermine really good quality relationship building. Because to build a team, you must have really good interpersonal skills. You must understand others. You must understand their personalities, their strengths and weaknesses, their value systems. And you must be able to reach those value systems. You must be able to communicate to them to, to provide the vision, to support them into owning their role. And they're only going to do that if they buy you. So learning to build rapport and developing really strong interpersonal skills not only will serve you in the way that you set up your business and communicate and ensure you don't push all your staff's buttons, because each of the different personality styles likes to be communicated to differently, you'll also get greater buy-in because a lot of these dysfunctional behaviours that we talked about before, they're not based on love. And people pick it up, they feel it. If, if someone's spent the time working on interpersonal skills, what they're really saying is the other is worth it. The other is worth it, whether the other is someone that you talk to on the street, whether it's someone that you meet in the surf or playing golf, or whether it's been your friend for a hundred years, or whether it's a, a staff member. When you clean up your act and you're present with people, listening to them, understanding them, being there for them, communicating your truth without making them wrong exploring and finding ways to make that relationship as good as possible, they feel that, that that provides buy-in. And finally, this is not some pretty painted picture. This is, this is where it gets really interesting. I have um, 
people on my team that are trailblazers. And I've got Paula that I talked about before, she'll swear at me. She'll give me a real hard time. She'll yell at me, call me a dickhead all the time. And I don't take it personally. And I'm just as ruthless back. But we're trailblazers. That's part of how we can communicate because we love each other. And we'll communicate like that in two seconds time. We'll be joking and laughing. Same with my wife. Paula, myself, my wife's Italian. Um, uh, got a trailblazer aspect to her. If someone's listening to us converse, sometimes they think we're arguing. We're not. It's just how we converse. Now, we can do that safely without anyone taking offence. But that, again, comes down to understanding the nuances of each other. So uh, there's other members on my team, the evaluators on my team, the stabilizers on my team. I would never take that type of communication to. If I took that communication to them, they wouldn't get it. They would hate it. They wouldn't enjoy it. And it would only undermine the relationship. So that's what I mean by it's not just a pretty picture. It's it, 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 each relationship each person that we are relating to can handle certain or, or prefer to work with certain aspects of our personality and not others. So again, an evaluator is not going to walk around uh, being a very verbose, robust, uh, expressing their displeasure, being blunt to the point direct they're not going to communicate like that to other people that's not in them so if you communicate that to them they're offended they don't understand that to them that's just attack and horrible so i'm sort of just trying to get you to understand there's no right or wrong everyone has different things that they're comfortable with as a trailblazer i'm comfortable communicating like that and other other um Trailblazers are, are really comfortable receiving that communication. By the way, it's not abusive. That's not what we're talking about. It's just, we're in a hurry here. Robust, let's just say it how it is. It's quite different. By the way, it's not abusive to another trailblazer, but if you communicated to an evaluator or a stabilizer, they would consider it abusive. They would feel that it was abusive. Okay. So when you understand people, when you understand yourself, master yourself, when you understand others, you'll be able to build rapport really quickly and you'll be able to use aspects of your personality that get the best out of the other person and then you can start building a team. Anyway, see you next week. I hope you get a lot from it. If you're interested and you want to build a business that runs independently of you, make sure you book a strategy session with me. It's free. You're just guaranteed to get all sorts of uh, profound breakthroughs. So the truth is, you're nuts absolutely nuts if you don't book a strategy call we've helped hundreds of business owners get way more free time and way more money through what we do and what we do is really rare so you're nuts if you don't take me up on this opportunity anyway have a great week and uh, see you in the next show catch ya. Uh -huh.